In this episode, we chat to someone who ditched their corporate job to follow their passion for adventure travel. And who is Monsieur Le Gâteau? The War Nomads Podcast. It's not your usual travel podcast. It's everything for the adventurous independent traveller. Thanks for tuning into this episode from wherever you get your favourite pods. And if you did miss last episode, I am riding solo through to the end of the year after Phil left World Nomads for a job where he gets free lunches every Friday. (laughs) Everyone has a prize. As for me, I am still on the road working from our van and still based in Broken Hill. But this episode is not about me or Phil. It's about our guest, Richard Campbell, the founder of 10 Adventures, an adventure travel platform. But prior to forming the company, Richard was the COO of an oil and gas company. So what was the catalyst for change? Yeah, so uh, it seems really natural, but I know when I did this, everyone was you know, asking me, are you crazy? How, why, are you, why are you giving this up? Um, so I was, uh, we'd grown a, an oil and gas company from uh, 18 people to 425 people. It was, you know, really successful. Uh, I'd become the COO and uh, from the outside, it, it, looked, it looked great. Um, and on my 40th uh, birthday, around that time, I went and did a, a, a course on leadership. And a big aspect of the course was around, you know, are you going to be happy with, you know, what you're doing and how you're spending your time when you're 65? And so it really, you know, this really hit me in that I was working in an industry I wasn't, you know, really passionate about. Um, You know, when you've grown a company to that size, a lot of the, you know, I think a lot of the fun is you've lost a lot of the fun because you don't get to do a lot. You're mostly just kind of overseen. Um, And so I kind of stepped back and said, boy, like, I think I'd be unhappy if I, you know, spend another 25 years doing this. It would be financially, you know, the right decision, but... Um, it wouldn't be something where I'd be, oh, I'm really glad with how I how I spent that time. And I wasn't really sure what to do. Um, but I I'd, about a year earlier, I'd started working on just this passion project where I was sharing my favorite hikes in the Rocky Mountains in Alberta and down in Montana. And that started doing really well where I get a lot of emails, people saying, hey, this we love this site. Uh, thank you for doing this. And so I started to realize I may have just, you know, in my free time by pursuing a passion pro- project, you know, stumbled upon a really interesting business. And so as I started to allocate more time to that, it became clear, you know, what we're doing and what we want to do really is solving a need that that isn't there for adventure travelers. And so I gave up this, you know, great career in the oil and gas industry to do something that I'm really passionate about. And um, I haven't looked back once and said, oh, I've made the wrong decision. This is so motivating and and interesting. Uh, it's just been a, a great result for me and, and for my family just, you know, to move into something that is, you know, full of people who are so interesting and dynamic and pursuing their dreams as well. It's it's really a great decision. So this passion project was basically you sharing your hikes on a website that you'd launched. Am I correct? Like, so blogs. Yeah. Yeah, like I was out in the mountains and I looked around. This is back in 2015. I, I noticed everyone still had a, like a printed guidebook. And I thought, why is everyone still buying guidebooks at the bookstore? And, and when I went you know, home and I started looking at it online, I, I realized what was online was really low quality information. And so you kind of still needed to buy a guidebook. So my idea was, let's just create a guidebook you know, of hiking in the Rocky Mountains. That's going to be as good as what you can buy in the store. Uh, and so really focus on having high quality route descriptions and give all the information you might need. And so just kind of used, you know, the hikes that I knew well that I'd already done and slowly built that up. And then over time, people in other places said, oh, I found 10 adventures. Can I contribute from my region? And before we knew it, we had 50 different kind of great adventure destinations in North America and Europe and, uh, you know, a, a loyal following. And it really became clear that there was a, a market or a need for, for what we were doing. 
Okay, well, you've told us why you decided to build an adventure travel company, but you did this during the pandemic. You've done this in 2020, right? Yeah, so we started, uh, I, I started this full-time in 2018, and then we launched our you know, new website uh, with, where we rebranded as 10 Adventures in 2019. So we're fairly young in terms of all the information we have. Um, but yeah, operating in a pandemic has has been interesting uh, for us, especially in travel, where you know most travel companies have seen you know close to 100% decline in in bookings and whatnot. That's very true. But in a way, also the kind of slowing down of the world allowed you the space to get this up and running. Yeah, you know, it's um, this is my you know whether I'm lucky or unlucky, probably unlucky. This is my fifth major down t- downturn I've lived or worked through. And so I'm kind of used to, okay, when there's a, a, a mass change in, you know, their business or, you know, what's going on, how do you handle it? And so, you know, really from the start, our focus was, okay, what can we control? Let's figure out what we want to accomplish during this pandemic. And, and as you said, our focus is how can we build our business? And, you know, by having a plan, I think it helps everyone in the team that, you know, you can add certainty where you can have certainty. So we know what we're trying to accomplish each month or each quarter. We don't know when the pandemic's going to end, but we know what we want to accomplish. And so uh, this has been really valuable because we've been able to scale and grow our business uh, really well in, in this downturn. And I think part of it's just, you know, knowing that eventually COVID's going to end. And uh, if, we, if we use the time wisely, it'll give us a lot of, uh, a lot of benefit because we're going to have the, the biggest travel boom of our lifetimes, you know, after COVID, everyone's going to want to travel. And so we want to be prepared for that. Yeah, well, we'll get to what that travel may look like. But you mentioned, you know, reflecting on your 40th birthday, whether you wanted to be the COO of a company. And I guess also for 2020, you, often we use those milestone birthdays or milestones in our life to, to reflect on what we want moving forward. But 2020 has been like that for everyone, whether you're turning 40 or you're turning 23 or you're turning 61. Everyone's kind of stopped and, and been forced to, to look at the way they want to live moving forward. Have, and that's certainly what we're hearing and in the interviews that we're doing and, and the people that we chat to. Are you picking up on that as well? Yeah, you know, I, I think there's lots of people who uh, are learning what's important to them. Um, and so for people who already, you know, love the outdoors, they've, you know, rediscovered a, an increasing passion uh, with the outdoors. We've seen a lot of people who you know, haven't done an outdoor trip or a hike or a bike ride in their lives or in the last 10, 20, 30 years that are getting back into the outdoors. And so there's been a huge boom in people who, you know, they can't do their regular, you know, trip, a cruise or a trip down to Mexico or, you know, a a wine tasting tour in France. And so they've started to do hikes and bikes locally. And, you know, they've just discovered a love for it. I have a friend who uh, I don't think he's ever done anything active. And all of a sudden he's going on e- his e-bike every weekend. And I think lots of people are discovering, hey, the outdoors are actually really incredible. And this is, you know, there's all the health benefits associated with, you know, doing stuff outdoors, but there's also lots of me- mental health benefits, um, you know, with all the stress of what's going on in the U.S. with elections and pandemic around the world, being able just to go and go for a bike ride or go for a hike, you know, and you, with your with your family, typically is just a really nice way to to de stress and and take the edge off in these uh, trying times. I love the fact that your mates got out and he's exercising, but on an e bike. <laughs> 
uh, if you knew him, that it's it. When he told me, I couldn't believe it. Now he still has to pedal somewhat, but just like that, I just couldn't couldn't believe it. But I also like I've met met people who own Pelotons, those like indoor cycling, and uh, they don't even own an outdoor bike, but they love the technology. And so I think there's something about the technology on a bike that makes them you know, these people uh, more interested, but actually this, this friend, he's, he's been talking to me about going on a e-bike uh, tour in Italy. Oh, and wow. so, you know, he, here's a guy who's only ever done cruises. Who's now like, I'd like to go and do like an e-bike around Italy where there's not too many Hills. And so, you know, there are people, this is changing, you know, what they thought they knew and they're learning more about themselves and learning just that, Hey, it's kind of great to, to be outside and, you know, to, to be able to spend time with, you know, ones you love without, you know, all this kind of mental and, and physical traffic around you. Yeah. So how then will travel look in the future? What, what have been the takeaways from 2020 for you as, as you, and you talk about post-COVID, a lot of people talk about there not being a post-COVID, um, that there'll be this new normal. How do you think travel will change? Yeah. So, you know, I think the first thing is adventure travel was one of the fastest growing segments pre-COVID. So it was growing at 17% per year. There was a massive change as people were moving away from bus tours into kind of private, smaller groups of their friends and families, uh, spending a lot of time outdoors and, you know, soft adventures or hard adventures. That's going to accelerate. Every study as showing that uh, as COVID dissipates, people are going to want to, you know, go on trips where they stay in smaller centers. Uh, they stay with their own cohort of friends or family, and they want to spend a lot of time outdoors. So we're going to see a rapid uh, increase in adventure travel coming out of COVID. Um, what we're seeing that's interesting is um, multi-generational families looking for trips that grandkids, parents, and grandparents can do. And so, you know, again, like my friend, looking to replace maybe going on a cruise as a family or going down on a, you know, all-inclusive holiday in a hot destination and trying to find something that's going to be easy enough for the grandkids and the grandparents to do, uh, but, you know, provide some, you know, interesting aspects, whether or not it's, you know, learn how to make pizza or learn how to make paella or wine tastings, but, uh, you know, allow you know, multi-generational families to now do, you know, soft adventure holidays. Um, so I think that's one big change is, you know, more and more people are going to do uh, adventure style or outdoor holidays. Uh, I think you're also going to see a lot of tour operators change their business model somewhat. Um, there's a lot of companies that we've talked to where they were really focused on one, you know, one type of tour uh, or one uh, destination or one type of guests where they realized, you know, if they were only focusing on bringing uh, guests from Asia to Europe, that basically stopped uh, throughout the pandemic. And they realized that, you know, they have to look at having different business models. So it might be uh, adding new revenue streams, uh, adding new tour types, focusing on different geographies. A lot of our partners are looking at having uh, a way to focus more on uh, local audiences. You know, uh, there's, you know, a, a whole uh, a group of people that live in and around where our, our partners are located that they've never really marketed to before, whereas now that's a, a way for them to continue their business and and help people explore more locally. And so I think, you know, those are kind of the two big aspects are companies trying to do more different things and then people, you know, continuing to, you know, give adventure and outdoor travel uh, uh, more of a chance. Yeah, well, we've got an episode coming up next week on uh, travelling as a family. You've touched on it, getting your kids into family adventures. What, what, what do you guys do? Because you've got three children? 
Yeah, so we have three kids. We had them all within 39 months. What? Um, yeah, so uh, I, uh, you know, initially, you know, this uh, adventure travel, being outside is a really big part of my life. I think it's really valuable. We live next to the Rocky Mountains, so we have this great opportunity. And, you know, yeah, when we first had kids, I'd look at photos on Facebook and then Instagram and you'd see these, you know, great photos and think, oh, that's what I want. But the truth is it's really, really hard <laughs> to start. And so we had five years of trialing and failing. You know, we just, we couldn't get it right. Um, and it was really tough because you think I want to go and I want to go on a backpacking trip or let's go hiking. But it just, you know, never ended be never ended, ended up being that rewarding. And then finally in 2019, it started to work and it was just fantastic. And, and what we realized is, you know, kids, get ready for kind of outdoor family adventures at a different age. You know, it's, it, you can't push them before they're ready. And so for our kids, you know, they weren't ready and we tried to do it too early. Um, the second thing is how to motivate them. And so there's lots of different things. You know, some parents I talk to, they use candy or they use screen time. Uh, for our kids, they just like to talk about their toys or if things get really bad, I have a series of characters I've developed uh, that I just make up stories with those characters. And, you know, they'll walk forever as long as I'm telling a story. Um, and then the, the third thing is, you know, we also had to train them up a bit. You know, if you initially go straight to the mountains and say, let's go go for a hike, it's tough. You know, you're going from uh, uh, up to, you know, higher elevation. You have a lot more elevation gain and loss. And so we started using a lot of our time in town to really get the, get the family used to doing, like, what's it like to go on a three-hour hike in parks in Calgary? You know, and when the kids can do that, then going to do that in the mountains, you know, is, is, is not, not, not nearly as hard. Um, and that kind of leads to this idea of like having realistic expectations. Um, when I first started, I kind of thought, oh, well, of course the kids can, you know, do this hike, but you realize, you know, kids are different. And so we found our kids can go long at relatively flat distances, but if you start to go uphill, they, they get tired and worn out really quickly. So, you know, that changes and influences what type of hikes we do. So we do a lot of hikes along rivers and valley bottoms. Um, and if we want to do a hike that's up in the Alpine, for example, uh, we'll try and find hikes where, you know, the road is, you know, already at elevation. So we don't have huge elevation gains, but, um, you know, it's it's really easy to get demotivated, and I've talked to a lot of parents where you know they've tried it a few times and it hasn't worked. And uh, really, the the focus is you know just keep trying. Eventually, it will work. And um, for at least for our family and from for myself as well as a kid, all my great memories are doing these great family adventures. And so we're really focused as a family to to have you know our memories being these you know fun family adventures. Uh, this past year, they've all been close to home in the Rocky Mountains, but in other years, they've been abroad. And uh, part of what we're doing on 10 Adventures is uh, we're actually adding a section to really focus on family adventures because it's a great way to en- engage you know, kids to learn about different cultures, languages, customs, history, food, and really you know, allow them to rapidly grow uh, grow their knowledge. And, you know, I've seen with my, my children, they get really engaged learning about these totally different way things are, are done in different parts of the world. Well, you've answered my um, kind of final question. Uh, were you adding that to 10 Adventures? But you mentioned your characters. Tell us one that you'll use to get the kids oh. through a tough hike. So uh, current, so it, we go through waves. So the current favorite is one called Booger McFarlane. Um, who is a guy who uh, can't keep a job because he does really silly things and um, he likes to eat a lot of uh, 
uh, hot dogs and candy. So that's a favorite one. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, Detective Inspector. Oh, I forget his name. I just told he was yesterday. We have uh, Monsieur Le Gâteau, who's a famous explorer. Uh, we have the Detective Brothers, which are the three of them, which go and solve uh, capers. Um, so yeah, so it's just. You know, if it's really getting tough for the kids, I'll just talk. And like, we've come back from one backpacking trip and I'd actually lost my voice because it was pouring rain and we were all wet and we had about a three hour hike out. And so I just had to talk nonstop to keep the kids going because they were ready to shut down. But That's great. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun just to see these kids that can, you know, they're almost on the ground and then you start a story and they're up and they're running ahead and you know that just energizes them so much <laughs> that's so cool that really is cool well thank you so much for sharing uh, 10 adventures with, with us and you know how you arrived at it it sounds so much more interesting than gas and oil if i can say <laughs> that Richards. so congratulations Thank you very much, Kim, and thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, I really liked uh, like being on here and uh, talking a little bit about something I'm so passionate about. My pleasure, Richard. We are big fans here at World Nomads of turning your passion into a profession. So again, well done. We will have links to 10 adventures in show notes. And don't forget to rate, share and subscribe to the World Nomads Travel Podcast. And let me know what you're up to by emailing podcast at worldnomads.com. Next week, families on the move across the world. Bye. The World Nomads Podcast. Explore your boundaries.